Section 44 of The Promulgation of Universal Peace, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicholas James Bridgewater. The Promulgation of Universal Peace, Volume 1. By Abdul Baha Abbas. Section 44. 5. June 15th, 1912, at 309 West 78th Street, New York. Notes by Howard McNutt. I have made you wait a while, but as I was tired, I slept. While I was sleeping, I was conversing with you as though speaking at the top of my voice. Then, through the effect of my own voice, I awoke. As I awoke, one word was upon my lips, the word imtiaz, distinction. So I will speak to you upon that subject this morning. When we look upon the world of existence, we realize that all material things have a common bond, and yet, on the other hand, there are certain points of distinction between them. For instance, all earthly objects have common bodily ties. The minerals, vegetables, and animals have elemental bodies in common with each other. Likewise, they have place in the order of creation. This is the common tie or point of contact between them. All of them pass through the process of composition and decomposition. This is a natural law to which all are subject. This law is ruling throughout creation and constitutes a bond of connection among created things but at the same time there are certain distinguishing features between these objects for instance between the mineral and vegetable the vegetable and animal the animal and human points of distinction exist which are unmistakable and significant likewise there are distinctions between kinds and species of each kingdom when we consider the mineral kingdom in detail, we observe not only points of similarity between objects, but points of distinction as well. Some are immovable bodies, some hard and solid, some have the power of expansion and contraction, some are liquid, some gaseous, some have weight, others, like fire and electricity, have not. So there are many points of distinction among these kinds of elements in the vegetable kingdom also we observe distinction between the various sorts and species of organisms each has its own form color and fragrance in the animal kingdom the same law rules as many distinctions in form color and function are noticeable it is the same in the human kingdom from the standpoint of color there are white, black, yellow, and red people. From the standpoint of physiognomy, there is a wide difference and distinction among races. The Asian, African, and American have different physiognomies. The men of the North and men of the South are very different in type and features. From an economic standpoint, in the law of living, there is a great deal of difference. Some are poor, others wealthy some are wise others ignorant some patient and serene 
some impatient and excitable some are prone to justice others practice injustice and oppression some are meek others arrogant in brief there are many points of distinction among humankind i desire distinction for you the bahais must be distinguished from others of humanity but this distinction must not depend upon wealth that they should become more affluent than other people i do not desire for you financial distinction it is not an ordinary distinction i desire not scientific commercial industrial distinction for you i desire spiritual distinction that is you must become eminent and distinguished in morals in the love of god you must become distinguished from all else you must become distinguished for loving humanity for unity and accord for love and justice in brief you must become distinguished in all the virtues of the human world for faithfulness and sincerity for justice and fidelity for firmness and steadfastness for philanthropic deeds and service to the human world for love toward every human being for unity and accord with all people for removing prejudices and promoting international peace finally you must become distinguished for heavenly illumination and acquiring the bestowals of god i desire this distinction for you this must be the point of distinction among you six june sixteenth nineteen twelve at fourth unitarian church beverly road flatbush brooklyn new york notes by esther foster this is a unitarian church and in the arabic tongue this day may well be called yawmul ittihad the unitarian day therefore i consider it appropriate to speak to you upon the subject of unity what is real unity when we observe the human world we find various collective expressions of unity therein for instance man is distinguished from the animal by his degree or kingdom this comprehensive distinction includes all the posterity of adam and constitutes one great household or human family which may be considered the fundamental or physical unity of mankind furthermore a distinction exists between various groups of humankind according to lineage each group forming a racial unity separate from the others there is also the unity of tongue among those who use the same language as a means of communication national unity where various peoples live under one form of government such as french german british etc and political unity which conserves the civil rights of parties or factions of the same government all these unities are imaginary and without real foundation for no real result proceeds from them the purpose of true unity is real and divine outcomes 
from these limited unities mentioned only limited outcomes proceed whereas unlimited unity produces unlimited result for instance from the limited unity of race or nationality the results at most are limited it is like a family living alone and solitary there are no unlimited or universal outcomes from it the unity which is productive of unlimited results is first a unity of mankind which recognizes that all are sheltered beneath the overshadowing glory of the all-glorious that all are servants of one god for all breathe the same atmosphere live upon the same earth move beneath the same heavens receive effulgence from the same sun and are under the protection of one god this is the most great unity and its results are lasting if humanity adheres to it but mankind has hitherto violated it adhering to sectarian or other limited unities such as racial patriotic or unity of self-interests therefore no great results have been forthcoming nevertheless it is certain that the radiance and favors of god are encompassing minds have developed perceptions have become acute sciences and arts are widespread and capacity exists for the proclamation and promulgation of the real and ultimate unity of mankind which will bring forth marvelous results it will reconcile all religions make warring nations loving cause hostile kings to become friendly and bring peace and happiness to the human world it will cement together the orient and occident remove forever the foundations of war and upraise the ensign of the most great peace these limited unities are therefore signs of that great unity which will make all the human family one by being productive of the attractions of conscience in mankind another unity is the spiritual unity which emanates from the breaths of the holy spirit this is greater than the unity of mankind human unity or solidarity may be likened to the body whereas unity from the breaths of the holy spirit is the spirit animating the body this is a perfect unity it creates such a condition in mankind that each one will make sacrifices for the other and the utmost desire will be to forfeit life and all that pertains to it in behalf of another's good this is the unity which existed among the disciples of his holiness jesus christ and bound together the prophets and holy souls of the past it is the unity which through the influence of the divine spirit is permeating the baha'is so that each offers his life for the other and strives with all sincerity to attain his good pleasure this is the unity which caused twenty thousand people in persia to give their lives in love and devotion to it it made the bob the target of a thousand arrows and caused baha'u'llah to suffer exile and imprisonment forty years
This unity is the very spirit of the body of the world. It is impossible for the body of the world to become quickened with life without its vivification. His Holiness Jesus Christ, may my life be a sacrifice to him, promulgated this unity among mankind. Every soul who believed in Jesus Christ became revivified and resuscitated through this spirit, attained to the zenith of eternal glory, realized the life everlasting, experienced the second birth, and rose to the acme of good fortune. In the word of God there is still another unity, the oneness of the manifestations of God, His Holiness Abraham, Moses, Jesus, Christ, Muhammad, the Bab, and Baha'u'llah. This is a unity divine, heavenly, radiant, merciful, the one reality appearing in its successive manifestations. For instance, the sun is one and the same, but its points of dawning are various. During the summer season, it rises from the northern point of the ecliptic. In winter, it appears from the southern point of rising. Each month between, it appears from a certain zodiacal position. Although these dawning points are different, the sun is the same sun which has appeared from them all. The significance is the reality of prophethood which is symbolized by the sun and the holy manifestations are the dawning places or zodiacal points. There is also the divine unity or entity which is sanctified above all concept of humanity. It cannot be comprehended nor conceived because it is infinite reality and cannot become finite. Human minds are incapable of surrounding that reality because all thoughts and conceptions of it are finite, intellectual creations, and not the reality of divine being, which alone knows itself. For example, if we form a conception of divinity as a living, almighty, self-subsisting, eternal being, this is only a concept apprehended by a human intellectual reality. It would not be the outward, visible reality which is beyond the power of human mind to conceive or encompass. We ourselves have an external, visible entity, but even our concept of it is the product of our own brain and limited comprehension. The reality of divinity is sanctified above this degree of knowing and realization. It has ever been hidden and secluded in its own holiness and sanctity above our comprehending. Although it transcends our realization, its lights, bestowals, traces, and virtues have become manifest in the realities of the prophets, even as the sun becomes resplendent in various mirrors. These holy realities are as reflectors, and the reality of divinity is as the sun which although it is reflected from the mirrors and its virtues and perfections become resplendent therein does not stoop 
from its own station of majesty and glory and seek abode in the mirrors it remains in its heaven of sanctity at most it is this that its lights become manifest and evident in its mirrors or manifestations therefore its bounty proceeding from them is one bounty but the recipients of that bounty are many this is the unity of god this is oneness unity of divinity holy above ascent or descent embodiment comprehension or idealization divine unity the prophets are its mirrors its lights are revealed through them its virtues become resplendent in them but the sun of reality never descends from its own highest point and station this is unity oneness sanctity this is glorification whereby we praise and adore god O oh my god O oh my god verily these are servants at the threshold of thy mercy and maidservants at the door of thy oneness verily they have gathered in this temple to turn to thy face of glory holding to the hem of thy garment and to thy singleness seeking thy good pleasure and ascent into thy kingdom they receive effulgence from the sun of reality in this glorious century and they long for thy good will in all great affairs o lord illumine their sight with a vision of thy signs and riches and quicken their ears with hearkening to thy word render their hearts replete with thy love and gladden their spirits with thy meeting deign to bestow upon them spiritual good in thy earth and heaven and make them signs of unity among thy servants in order that the real unity may appear and all may become one in thy cause and kingdom verily thou art the generous verily thou art the mighty the spiritual thou art the merciful the element to the children in the sunday school i am glad to see these bright radiant children god willing all of them may realize the hopes and aspirations of their parents praise be to god i see before me these beautiful children of the kingdom their hearts are pure their faces are shining they shall soon become the sons and daughters of the kingdom thanks be to god they are seeking to acquire virtues and will be the cause of the attainment of the excellencies of humanity this is the cause of oneness in the kingdom of god praise be to god they have kind and revered teachers who train and educate them well and who long for confirmation in order that god willing like tender plants in the garden of god they may be refreshed by the downpour of the clouds of mercy grow and become verdant 
in the utmost perfection and delicacy may they at last bring forth fruit i supplicate god that these children may be reared under his protection and that they may be nourished by his favor and grace until all like beautiful flowers in the garden of human hopes and aspirations shall blossom and become redolent of fragrance o oh god educate these children these children are the plants of thy orchard the flowers of thy meadow the roses of thy garden let thy rain fall upon them let the sun of reality shine upon them with thy love let thy breeze refresh them in order that they may be trained grow and develop and appear in the utmost beauty thou art the giver thou art the compassionate end of section 44 recording by nicholas james bridgewater recorded in oxford england